date to your potential, inspiring, educating, and empowering single members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our hosts are Peggy Matheson, betrayal trauma recovery expert, and Sharon Collier, certified life and relationship coach. To kiss or not to kiss, that is the question. Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) And our resident chemistry specialist, Sharon, will start us. Well, I just have to say before we start, we've had the funnest brainstorming session (laughs) ever. There is some fun science behind kissing. There are some fun, there is, there's some some fun facts. So we're going to start with some fun facts. Okay, of course we know that we spew chemicals, right, when we're kissing. We've got oxytocin and dopamine and serotonin, all stuff that make us feel good. Did you know kissing feels good? (laughs) Mostly. Sometimes, depending on the person. But there is something about being in love, isn't there, Peggy? Yes, actually, there was a study done. Let's see. It was a study done um, in 2005. Anthropologist Helen Fisher of Rutgers University and her colleagues reported scanning the brains of 17 individuals as they gazed at pictures of people with whom they were deeply in love. And the researchers found an unusual flurry of activity in two brain regions that govern pleasure, motivation, and reward. Now that's different than getting turned on by kissing someone, right? Right. That those parts of the brains were more activated by actually being deeply in love with someone. So that there's science behind that deeply in love thing matters a lot. And you were telling me, Sharon, about when you were married. Right. You said that he wasn't the best kisser you'd ever kissed, but I enjoyed but you it. preferred kissing yeah. him than someone that yeah. was maybe a better kisser because you were in love. Yes, I enjoyed kissing him, even though I had kissed, you know, men who initially made my toes curl. Right. You know? So that being in love is such an important part of the component when you kiss. When you're talking about wanting to find a long-term partner. Yeah. There's all sorts of science. We're going to get into it. I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, We know that this is a part of attraction. When we're attracted to somebody, when our attraction you know, our dopamine and everything is starting to spew. We want to kiss people, right? We yes. were, well, hopefully a member of the opposite sex. <laughs> like, we want to kiss the person that we're with, right? Because we have all this attraction. And that's one way you know that you're really attracted to somebody. When you're having a strong pheromonal response or there's a strong connection there in other areas, we want to kiss them, right? which is one of our um, facts. Um, so it's our natural response. But did you know that it it can also relieve stress and anxiety. Yes. And well she does. I do. I know that. And yeah. it raises your heart rate and at the same time lowers your blood pressure. Ooh. I mean like we should get healthy people and kiss a lot, <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely. Wrong? No. <laughs> We're going to talk about that later. Um it can trigger our sympathetic nervous system that gives us like a nervous stomach, um, sweaty palms, like our beating heart, all that stuff. So kissing has us firing all sorts of stuff all at the same time. Right. So 
the other thing that is really interesting in um, in some of the research, Gallup did a research um, that part of the reason a kiss carries such weight is that it conveyed sub conveys subconscious information about the genetic compatibility of a prospective mate. So we were so so I was reading about like like the history of kissing and like where yes. it came from and all of yes. that. Um, so his hypothesis is consistent with the idea that kissing evolved as a courtship strategy because it helps us rate potential partners. It's a part of the science of dating. I know. And it's so, it's so fascinating that you can get a genetic response in there. I mean, have they done like litmus tests and stuff like that to determine? <laughs> they scan brains, but they've also studied animals. They've studied the, you know, the progression of where a kiss came from. Right. Um, like maybe it came from primates chewing up food and then feeding it to their little ones. And then it was ended up, and then when they were hungry and they didn't have food, maybe kissing on the lips to kind of get the chemicals going to help with that hunger. That's so fascinating. Oh. But I have to tell yeah. you something super, super funny. <laughs> okay. So um, this was great this in, is, the, in the brainstorming. Uh, we, we, we might have also inherited the intimate kiss from our primate ancestors, according to this article in Scientific America. Right. The bonobos, which are uh, a chimpanzee, um, which are genetically very similar to us. And they're a particularly passionate bunch. So they were talking about this um, at, at Emory University, a primatologist. Um, I don't know if he wants his, well, his name's out there. And they went, Franz B.M. DeWall recalls a zookeeper who accepted what he thought would be a friendly kiss from one of the bonobos until he felt, felt the ape's tongue in oh. his mouth. <laughs> tongue and mouth. Oh, okay. It's like, no, thank you. I don't let so my anyway. dogs kiss my face. Ooh. No, thank you. No monkeys either. That's so really anyway. Funny so funny stuff there to think about. Yes, um, <laughs> I know. You know, tongues are involved in kissing, and it heightens the experience. But did you know that lips are one of the body's most sensually sensitive areas? Yes, you've told me that. You taught me that. I taught and you that. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just full of great facts about kissing. But, but can I add? some um some other science here of too course. of the 12 or 13 cranial nerves that affect cerebral function five are at work when we kiss shuttling messages from our lips tongue cheeks and nose to a brain that snatches information about the temperature taste smell and movements of the entire thing <laughs> so it is connecting to a lot of the brain but there's also a lot that we're trying to figure out about genetic compatibility which is yes. super fascinating it is also fat fascinating because who knew all we're doing is just kissing and feeling good. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> like, right. Oh, if I kiss that guy, it will feel good, right? I think we've covered all our fun facts. Well, there is. Did you have another? I have some more. Oh, good. So again, the Gallup study surveyed college undergraduates of both sexes about kissing. And for most of the men, a deep kiss was largely a way of advancing to the next level sexually. Yes. But women were generally looking to take the relationship to the next stage emotionally, assessing not simply whether the other person would make a first-rate source of DNA, but also whether he would be a good long-term partner. So 
and then I, and then, and then I, then I read this, which was super funny, you know, so we're looking for genetic compatibility. We're looking for maybe the ability to bear children. We're talking yes. about the primal yes. things, right? But, <clears throat> but then they said kissing is probably not strictly necessary from an evolutionary point of view. Oh, yes. Most other animals <laughs> do not neck and still manage to produce plenty of offspring. Uh, that is true. <laughs> I often wonder in God's grand design, he made men very sexual and he made women very emotional. Hmm. And, you know, if he wanted us to multiply and replenish the earth, <laughs> you know, it would it would seem that he would have made us both very sexual beings. But I just kind of wonder if that's kind of some grand design of birth control, like <laughs> that. It might. That, I'm sure that that's part of I'm sure yeah. it's multi-layered. But think about it. Women are the ones that are hardwired to protect to to um, raise children, yeah, to build up the next generation, to connect with a child. So the emotional piece has got to be there. It's got to be a big part of what we're made of as women because we're historically been the, right. the nurturers, yes. right? For, for sure. So and yeah, just from the the whole reproduction standpoint, it's like men chasing women down for centuries for <laughs> sex. <laughs> it's like that was an interesting design, Heavenly Father. Yeah, wasn't right, it? right. Um, should we talk about when we should be kissing? Yeah, because we've just talked about the science, and we know we know that this is a sensual thing, and sometimes in a relationship. The relationship isn't advanced enough to do that because, like you said, you know, this gets into love stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So I always tell people, if you've listened to Sharon's five C's, we need to have the attraction, but then we need to have things in common. We need to know that there's enough things to hold the relationship together before we get into the physical stuff. Because Mm -hmm. once we get into the physical stuff, we generally don't stop the physical stuff. Right. Well, and it lowers your capacity to think clearly, chemically it, speaking. It, it, it definitely does. Because once we start kissing, that's kind of all we want to do, right? And right. and I, it starts hindering our abilities to really stop and get to know each other. When, you know, sometimes we kiss too soon, you know, and this feels like love, but it isn't necessarily love. It's just really, really, really exciting, especially kissing the right person. So we need to be careful when we start kissing somebody, like get to know somebody really well. You know, the Ram model of the jerk and jerk up program. Correct. Yeah. Is, you know, you need to know somebody, then trust them is rely next, commit, and then, and then, and well, then touch. Yeah. And, and to me, that's not really reasonable, but you really should know and trust somebody. Yeah. And know that there's something that's going to keep this relationship going besides the affection. Absolutely. There are certain points in relationships that, you know, marriages that start out that are all based on affection and that passion right. usually end around three and a half to four years. Wow. Which is an interesting fact. Yeah. So we really need to be careful when we start this process, especially those of us who have been intimate before, because it feels good and we miss that. And it's designed for our, our psyche and our bodies are designed for yes mating and having sex and all of that. And so once we've done it, it's, it's harder yeah. to, to, it's harder to, you know, to pull back because yeah. yeah, it feels so good. Well, and then we're we're bonding, we're creating 
the chemicals that bond us with people and make sure that's a person you really want to bond with. Right. Absolutely. You know, um, should we talk about when or how we should not be kissing? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It always goes back. People ask me often about the NICMO. NICMO? The non-committal makeout. Oh. <laughs> often. Often. I'm going to say people ask me about that. It's fake love. The NICMO is supposedly two friends getting together. And making out. And making out. Mm. Which is not a good idea. <laughs> It's just not a good idea at all. I can tell you probably 19 out of 20 times, one of the people is really into the other one more than they're saying. Oh, yeah, we can do that. You know, we can not committedly make out and just have fun. You know, that's pretty emotionally dangerous. It is. It is. Because you're really you're really putting yourself in a in, in a position to become attached yes emotionally and physically without any commitment without any glue that without any up. glue that'll hold it together right. or if one person is just it, they're in it for the makeout it feels good and the other person is more attached someone's going to get their heart broken well it would make sense that one would be more attached than the other you know, yeah. Or both attached and not admitting it. And then, right. you know, and it's like this awkward situation of, well, I want to date somebody else or, you know. Just so, makes things messy. Yeah. The NICMO, I'm just going to say, is just never, ever a good idea. Well, you can tell I'm not into it because I didn't even know what NICMO was. Well, <laughs> good for you. Thank you. <laughs> My brother used that term years ago and I was like, what? Yeah. So men, of course, like the idea. I hear about it more from men than women, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but, like, kissing on the first date. Let's talk about that. Because people are always like, if I feel like kissing someone on the first date, I'm an adult and I'm a grown-up and I can do that. Absolutely, you can. And what's the problem with that, Peggy? Well, just what you said. Yeah. If you don't know them. Now, maybe they've been a friend for a long time. Maybe you do know them. Maybe this is your first date where you're going, hey, let's date because I like you as a friend, that's a different story. That's a different story, for but sure. But if you just met this person, mm-hmm. and all you've been doing is chatting online or whatever, yes, you can meet someone the first time and go, oh my gosh, this is my person. But the chances of you being level-headed about that, generally speaking, I think are pretty low. <laughs> right. Well, if you're dealing with somebody desperate, in a desperate situation, they're going to they're gonna mistake a kiss on the first date maybe for feelings of love or more feelings of attraction than there really are. Right. And if you, yeah, we just talked about all the facts about, you know, what happens chemically. Right. Well, and if you are struggling with a lot of loneliness, you may not even realize the impact of where you are, you know, what, what your emotional, you know, um, places you might have feel like you're in a really healthy place, but there may be, unfinished business from the past we talked about this trauma things that um that are playing at, that might be a play here so yes. lose use your head don't well, just use your lips right <laughs> and your well, hormones and another thing is i think that um well like in in the regular world people have sex freely and so women will have sex with a man on the first date to catch them mm. and i think in our culture 
you know, I call the NICMO the, the Mormon booty call. <laughs> um, but in our culture, I wonder if men probably do it too, if that's their way of getting a partner, if they think someone's going to like them more, if they are freer with kissing. Oh, I think that's probably true. You know, for some and people. it might be a self-esteem issue even. It's like, oh, well, he's never going to date me again unless I kiss him or unless I, you know, like mm. I need to show him a good time or her. Um, so be careful of that one as well. It's like if you don't think you can catch somebody without making out with them on the first date, there's probably a problem there that you need to address. Yes, agreed. Okay, and we need to talk about the time and place that we're kissing. Uh-huh. Because I'm going to say so many people who have gotten in trouble, a lot of people give me their tell me their sexual sins. <laughs> Um, which is not necessary um, in a coaching session, but um, they are in the wrong place at the wrong time. They've decided to make out in a secluded place, in a secluded area where nobody else was around, and it was really easy to just go too far, mm. you know, in the relationship. So you really do need to be careful. You know, we're, we're, we're wanting temple marriages. We're wanting, you know... God in our relationships. It sounds to me like that is someone who's unconscious in their dating life. Like they're not being conscious right. about and intentional about what they want out of dating. And so things just kind of happen and kind of spill out of control. Or they really wanted that and they didn't want, you know, and they just unconsciously really just wanted that. I don't know if that's the case or not, but... But this is, this is one really good reason for being intentional. And we've talked about this yes, in past podcasts, yes. intentional about what is it you want. Don't leave your head at home. No. <laughs> Don't, that, that Heavenly Father's given you a brain for a reason, not just for sensory, connect, sensory connection, but yes. for intelligence, for thinking through these things, for being prepared. Right, right. Well, and, you know, like I said, people who get into trouble were in had put themselves in, a, in the wrong situation. If you're out in the woods with someone, maybe don't start kissing. If you're in a place that you could get in trouble. You know what I mean? In a right. secluded area, you're up the canyon in the back of a truck watching a movie. Maybe don't put yourselves in those situations in the first place. Yeah. You know, because especially if you really, really like someone. If you're really liking someone, it's easy to go too far. You know, we've all been intimate. Yeah, it's it's a hazard. So we just need to be aware of the time and the place. And I think you and Sharon and I both know have heard of people who have gotten gone too far with their intimacy and it's broken off their relationship yes. like it was something that was special and precious to them and it got destroyed because they went too far. Yes. When you have the paradigm of God is in the picture and you have covenants that you want to keep, that can, it can be destructive. It is destructive. Right. And I think a lot of, you know, um, a lot of this can be avoided by good communication as well. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and deciding in advance, deciding in advance, you know, we don't need to make out every time we go on a date. There's a difference between kissing and miss making out. And I tell people this all the time. People always wonder, it's like, okay, well, he's dating other people and I'm dating other people. Should we be kissing? And I'm like, well, kissing is okay, but making out probably is not. The super passionate, super close, back rubby, you know, 
thinks is is pro- is a different story than just a couple of kisses. Right. You know. But a couple of kisses usually leads to a lot of passionate kissing. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> like honestly, <laughs> honestly, we've all been there. We all know what it is. But communicate with your partner about, you know, once you start kissing about, you know, being extra careful and being aware. Yeah. You know, all give, good. give your relationship all good a chance. Stuff. If you have a history of not communicating about intimacy um, very well, this is a good time for you to be consciously aware and consciously communicating about it so that you can move forward with more communication in your intimate relationship, right? Right. Because that is such an important part of actual um long-term relationships, you need to be able to communicate effectively about intimacy. Well, if you're not comfortable with situation, can you communicate that? Exactly. You know, you need to be able to communicate the good and the bad. Right. You know, hey, you know what? I'm really not comfortable this far away from civilization, you know, alone. Can we go back to the city lights, you know, kind of thing. So listen to your gut. Yes. Listen to your gut. I think I can think about that. I can put myself in that situation, thinking about going up to the canyon late at night. I actually did that when I was young, and it was good. It was good. We didn't do anything we shouldn't have. I've been actually twice. This has happened to me. I think I was protected as a girl because nothing happened. But right. But now my my gut would be going. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Don't, and listen to that. Yes, I was on a second date with a man, and he said we went to dinner and bowling, and it was very. It just we got through it all very quickly and he said can I take you out for a brownie and I said sure and we started driving toward Provo Canyon I think have I told this story before I'm not sure and I said where are we going and he goes well the best brownies in Heber and I, I looked at him I turned to him I said are you gonna kill me are you taking me up the canyon to kill me and he put up his pinky <laughs> But a lot of times we do put ourselves into dangerous situations, you know, and we had chatted and we had been out a couple times and I, and I actually did trust him and we're still friends today, but yeah, (laughs) he'll bring it up. It's like, yeah, you have to ask your date. Are you going to kill me? (laughs) Are you going to take me up the canyon and kill me? (laughs) So be careful out there. Yeah. Keep yourself in safe situations. Yeah. Sharon, this has been great. Love talking about kissing. Love doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again, you guys, for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and that it inspired you on your dating journey. Please share this with anyone you think might benefit from what you've heard today and click the button to follow us. You can reach either Sharon or I at datetoyourpotential.com. We work with people who are single or married. We want you to know you are not alone. We support you. We are in this with you.